Exceptional Marcus Pierce. Rockstar Damien Christoph. The Wellness Summit is almost upon us and we have so many prizes and giveaways before the summit even begins this year, MP. That's right, Damo. There's a very exciting Facebook giveaway running this week only over at the Wellness Couch. One of our new exhibitors at this year's summit is Solid Technics Cast Iron and Beautiful Non-Stick Cookware. And they are giving away over $400 in prizes to one lucky Wellness Couch listener. All you need to do is go to The Wellness Couch's Facebook page and follow the prompts. The lucky winner will also receive a double pass to this year's Wellness Summit, September 10 11 at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre. How cool is that? So go check out the Wellness Couch on Facebook to enter and remember to immerse yourself in 16 hours of powerhouse wellness with Damo, myself and over 40 other health and wellness experts. Go to thewellnesssummit.com and enter the code SOLIDSUMMIT for $100 off your ticket before they sell out. That's thewellnesssummit.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and here I am with the incredible co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is the rock star of aging. Here's Dr. Damien Christoph. <laughs> Marcus. Hello, mate. Marcus Pierce. Great so, to have you. So good to be here. In so here at 100 Not Out headquarters at the Christoph Residence. Yep. Now, Damo, we've interviewed some incredible people on yep. 100 Not Out, and uh, a number of those people have come via... An incredible show in America called Growing Boulder. Growing Boulder is a nightly TV show in America, Monday to Friday, half an hour, features some of the most exceptional human beings. They are living great long lives. And mm. some of our listeners, they want to tell, they want to set the agenda. They share what Growing Boulder is doing with us. And a lot of this comes through Facebook. And one of our great listeners, Debbie Bunyard. Thanks, Deb. Debbie says, you should interview this person or you should interview that person. And so yep. if you remember Stephen Jepson, Never Leave the Playground. Stephen Jepson came to us through Growing Boulder. Yeah, um, and of how others, much fun was he? He was he great. Was well, he ended up being a double episode. He did. He did not stop talking. It's my brother's favourite episode. <laughs> it is. Mm. Troy walked in earlier and said, Troy boy. the guy on the playground, my favourite. Favourite. I didn't even know he listened or watched 100 Not Out, so I'm wrapped. You like that? Even happier, right? Now, one thing, and I'm going to say this as a journalist, mm -hmm. I think sometimes the journos don't get enough credit. <laughs> okay, because, no good, no good. Because well, I, lay, I lay where you're going here. If it wasn't for good. the journalist, we would not get to learn about these incredible Wouldn't have human the story. Beings. Wouldn't have the story. And I'm not telling you this as a journalist to pump up my own tires. <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you this because one of those incredible journalists is a name. Is a lady by the name of Wendy Chioji. Mm. Wendy has been a journalist for over a couple of decades. She's in Utah, up on a beautiful ski town. I forget what it's called, but she'll tell us in a moment. Mm. And Wendy has interviewed some of the most incredible human beings. And not just that, because what we're about to learn, and she's going through some incredible challenges in her own life, which everyone's going to be inspired by, but she's lived a great life, and mm. she's got so much to share with us. We're going to cross over to Utah which is nowhere near, what did you ask earlier? Michigan. Nowhere near Michigan, yeah. but it's near California, we understand. <laughs> yes. We're crossing over to Utah yes. to speak with Wendy Chioji. Wendy, thank you so much for joining us on 100 Not Out. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Happy to be there, here. 
when, when, <laughs> you will be here, we believe. But when, there and I'm here. There is so much to learn from you and there so many questions to ask. But the one thing I would love to learn is you've interviewed some incredible people over the time as a journalist. Can you share with us some of your highlights or some of your big lessons, aha moments that you've experienced whilst being a journalist and learning uh, about humanity? Well, we're talking about um, being a journalist. I have gotten to go to some really, really great places and cover some really great events. One of the biggest events that I covered was when the Pope went to Cuba. Um, I got to they opened the country for about 300 journalists from across um, around the world, and I was one of them. So I spent 10 days there wow. seeing how people lived. And, you know, Cuba, because it's closed to, to Americans, um, we only have an idea of what it what it is like. We don't really know what it's like because we haven't been able to be there. So to be able to be there and be among the people and see that time just kind of stopped there in the 1960s and mm. 70s, but the people are wonderful and um, the place is beautiful. And granted, the uh, the government is not is not what everybody wants it to be there and not really great for the people. The, the the people themselves were fantastic, and that was a huge lesson to me that you can live in a place. That, that holds you down, basically, and you make, make your own happiness. I think that's a great lesson for everybody. Mm. Absolutely. Particularly in the bright, shiny ob- object world that we live in. Um, everyone's chasing stuff to make them happy and, and feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. With Growing Boulder, um, if I can just get to, get to Growing Boulder for a moment, because I just absolutely love it, mindly obsessed with it. But um, with Growing Boulder... Do, do you find that it's improving the self-esteem that, because it doesn't feature here in Australia on nightly TV, but in America it does, do, does it, do you think that a show like Growing Boulder is improving the self-esteem that people have around getting older? I think so, because getting older um, is not what, what it used to be. I'm 54 and I'm not what my mother was at 54. Things are much different. So I think what the program does is offer opportunities and options, alternatives for getting old, maybe like our parents did or the generations before. Um, when I turned 50, I went shark diving off the North Shore of Oahu. I remember when my mom turned 50 because we threw her a party with grown up food and grown up drinks in a big room with white walls. So things are definitely changing. And I think that uh, growing bolder and programs like it and people who live and think that way are definitely changing the opinions of how you get older. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's very refreshing to hear that. The reason why we started 100 Not Out is because as I was approaching 40, I was thinking, oh my gosh, nearly at the other, other side, other, you know, at the top of the hill. And I was quite concerned about it, Mark. I said, don't worry about it, mate. It's going to be fine. So we started interviewing people who are aging well. And I, I really think that in understanding people's stories, it helps so many people so many people and so I love what you guys are doing because we've done the same thing as well and it's, it's been amazing so thanks for doing what you're doing because you bring yeah. heaps of stories to us it's, <laughs> it's really it really is great it's content I like it how do you um, what, what do you what are the sorts of things you find that's uh, that's common with the with the people that you're interviewing what what are, is there a common thread that you find we've found some common threads but what's the common threads that you're finding you know what I think it's that they are excited to learn, they're curious about life, they don't see getting older as a, 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 a closed gate, it's an open gate. So they're, they're willing and excited to go out and ex- explore new things, to learn new things, to experience new things. It's a lack of fear of limitations that in the past people have given to attributed to getting older. You're getting older, you can't wear this, you can't do that, you can't travel by yourself. It's all fallacy. And uh, people are out there proving that day after day. Yeah, and that's really, like you say, with having a show on TV every night, I can just imagine in oh, Australia, wow. you know, 
Uh, wouldn't it be great? Amazing. Be amazing. If every night. Let's do that. You and I had a TV show. Let's do interviewing that. Interviewing people like Wendy. Yeah. Um, lifting people's <laughs> self-esteem. Like yeah. you said today, that getting older is an open gate, yeah. not a closed gate. So 9.95 people out of 10 think that getting older is a closed gate. But what I'm noticing, Wendy, is that... 20-year-olds are scared of being 30. They see 30 as the closed gate. And 30-year-olds see 40 as the closed gate. And 40 sees 50 as the closed gate. So now, it's not just an aging thing. It's like a future. It's any any future Mm. is becoming a closed gate. So I don't want to get all deep and meaningful on you, Wendy, but I'm going to anyway. What do you think (laughs) is the way for people to open the gate to their life to recognize that the rest of their life, as we like to say, can be the best of their life? You know, my theory or my philosophy on um, living now is just saying yes. People put limitations on themselves by saying no. Oh, I can't do that. I can't wear that skirt. It's too short. I'm too old. Put the skirt on. Get the skirt on and wear it and, and walk around. And, nice. Um, just say yes. What's the worst thing that could happen? The skirt falls off. That's not bad. Yeah, the skirt could fall off. <laughs> no. You know how funny that things happen, like your skirt falling off? Those are the stories that you tell over and over. That's yeah. right, and everyone loves it, right? It's like exactly. eating a... My, Just make sure you wear underwear. <laughs> <laughs> or at least good quality underwear. Um, right. My, uh, my, I remember my nana, she met my auntie at a play that my auntie was doing. And uh, in fact, she, she met my auntie's mum. And so my nana uh, was just put a toffee in her mouth and her teeth stuck together. And so as she went to introduce herself to my auntie's mum, like, the, you know, she couldn't her, talk. Her teeth fell out and on the floor <laughs> like, because there was the, the, it was, so that's a story that we tell all the time. So funny. Like, they're the funny stories. And so my nana would never eat toffees after that because she never wanted her teeth to stick together. But I, I agree, you know, wear the skirt. You know, whatever it is that you've got to live do. Live dangerously. Live dang- well. Right. Live well. Yeah. 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 Live Say well. yes. Love but, it. But Good. Speaking of, well, I just said live dangerously and I'm going to be, I'm going to put it out there. You've done a couple of things which other people would consider dangerous. Mm. You have ridden across America five times. Which, five times. So once wasn't enough. Once just wasn't enough. The first time was, yeah, the first time I actually rode with Lance Armstrong and a, a whole team of people called the Tour of Hope. Okay. And that was in 2003. And we relayed, so I didn't actually ride every mile. And it's actually four times, not five. Don't dampen um, it. No, no. You ride across from one side to the other. Yeah, good work. I did. Yeah. <laughs> from, yeah, from coast to coast. Yeah. Um, but you've done some pretty incredible things. You've also climbed Kilimanjaro. I did. I did. That, and I did What's that, that like? with Strong in the Survivor Summit. Um, um, and I did it actually 10 weeks after I had finished uh, chemotherapy and radiation for this cancer that I that has now come back again. Um, so I was kind of skinny and not up to. I was not at fighting weight or fighting shape, mm-hmm. but uh, I had I had I was going to do it. I had signed up to do it. I really wanted to do it. I looked forward to it. I knew a couple of people who were going, um, so there was no way I was not going to do it. Wow. So, Wendy. I know people that train like they actually get themselves conditioned to go and do Mount Kilimanjaro. And you said that 10 weeks prior to that, you'd finished chemo. Now, yeah. did you get time to train to go and do Mount Kilimanjaro? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Not kind really. Of. Yeah, because, you know, part of it and part of it is, and our guide, Chris Warner, told us that Mount Kilimanjaro is the most underestimated mountain that people climb because they think it's just a walk. It's a walk up the mountain. But some of it was hands and feet, and most of it is above 10,000 feet. 
in the last day, the last two days, you're you're not coming below fifteen thousand feet, which I'm not sure what that is in um, kilometers, but it's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. But yeah, um, and the air is very thin, so that's that was the hardest part about. You can't train for that. So I mean, you can be as fit as you want, and I fairly I was fairly fit. I did do some hiking around, but the altitude was the tough was the toughest part. That's incredible. That's incredible. Now we can't. Um... Uh, hide over the fact, like you said, you have uh, a can have had a cancer return. You're a breast cancer survivor, from what I believe was it 2001. Yeah. Um, but you're not dealing with a simple cancer at the moment. Can you enlighten us uh, what you're working through at the moment? And I'm just in- I'm amazed at your attitude and your smile and your zest for life. Because again, you are truly the exception to the rule that you can talk about this with a smile. But what are you working through at the moment? Right. So. Uh, about three years ago, I was diagnosed with a very rare cancer called thymic carcinoma. It only affects a few hundred people around the world, and hard, most people it's detected in stage four, and it's an end of life thing. But because I had breast cancer, they detected me in stage two the first time around, and I was able to do the chemotherapy and the radiation and get another year being cancer free. But it came back again about a year and a half ago, and we already we know that the standard of care of the chemo and radiation isn't going to work. It didn't work the first time. It's not going to work this time. So what I'm doing now is going from clinical trial to clinical trial and um, trying to see we're all about buying time because there's going to be a cure out there someday. Mm. I just have to buy time to be able to get to, to the starting line for that. So I'm in my third clinical trial. I fly back and forth to Georgetown, Washington, D.C., which is also not close to Michigan. Um, <laughs> I another week to take these experimental drugs that are, are manufactured in Italy. And wow. um, so far, it's working. I've been in the trial for 12 weeks. I've had no tumor growth, so it's working. Side, yeah. effect, side effects are very minimal. So this right. is going to buy me some time. Side effects are so minimal that you're uh, coming down under later in the year. We I am. I can't exciting. wait. I've never been there. I can't wait to come. Damo's going to take you to the best cafe in Melbourne. Get some coffee. To give you an incredible coffee experience. Mm. I hear all the animals there want to kill you. (laughs) Yeah, well, my pet shark. I've got a pet shark, and you know the koalas that are living in our tree just out there. Yeah, I brought my snake with me as well. So um, you know, um, Boa, the constrictor, he'll come. He'll come by in just a moment. And my kangaroo is at the gym at the moment, just working out. (laughs) Yeah, get ready. Boxing, so it can get me right in the jaw. Yeah, right. Our platypus is is swimming in the pool at the moment. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. with the shark. Yeah, because they're good mates. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a killer place over here. Yeah, you're right. Um, Now, we have observed that exercise is more important than nutrition in the pursuit of living a great long life. Stephen Jepson, the great example, um, Charles Eugster, again, two uh, growing bolder features, a number of other names who escape me. I've just been doing a bit more on a few people we should be getting on here who are doing some great things. What have you observed... um, in terms of because of America as well, again, I'm always curious with a country that's twenty times the size of Australia. Um, what in terms you, of population, in terms of population, mm. what are you observing as, as some of the key pillars to longevity um, through some of the people that are that are living long lives in America? I think it's um, exercise, but I think it's staying active too. You know, getting out there and um, experiencing new things. So. The exercise is great and it keeps your heart working and it keeps your lungs working. But the getting out there and having adventure, staying active, keeps your brain working. Yeah. Um, and your heart working in different ways. So I, th- I think that that's it. Getting yeah. out there, finding adventure, staying active, doing, not watching, not being spectator. Yeah. Just another thing. Um, life purpose. We've been amazed and even just some of, we've just been interviewing a, an 80 year old um, doctor uh, here. Um, 
in Melbourne, and he goes to work because he loves to go to work. Um, America has a massive work ethic. Um, it's a really big deal to work. But what we've observed is that people that live a great long life, they love their work. Um, it's not what they do, it's how they do it. They bring the best version of themselves to their work. People that aren't really enjoying a great long life, it's, it's a chore to go to work. Um, what, what do you observe in terms of the people that you've um, interviewed, uh, researched, the rest of it, whether it's Growing Boulder or other TV shows? How important have you um, found their work life to be in their entire life? I think that they do their work, they're not, they're not their work, if that makes any sense. So if they are a, a lawyer, they are a lawyer and they do their work with the law, but, but does, that, does that make sense? Yeah, they're, they're good at being a husband when they go home or a friend right, when right. they're catching up with mates. They're not like a lawyer to their mates and a lawyer to their wife and a lawyer right, to their kids. Right, exactly. The, the work doesn't define them. They're good at what they do and they can help other people with what they do. So that's what they do. But they don't become that. They're not bringing it home. I think that that goes a, a long way in finding life happiness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you mind if I ask another question? Go for yeah. it. Okay, so, <laughs> so what I've observed is particularly, and again, whenever you observe someone that's working um, through cancer, you, you're kind of looking for the, the gifts or the perfection in it all. And what I've observed is with a lot of the um, blogs that you've written, a lot of the stories you've written, you've got a real following of people that are inspired by your tenacity, by your persistence, by your really, uh, in simple terms, by your will to live. How much um, fuel do you think it is for people to be, in, a, you know, in, in U.S. vernacular, rooting for you to really um, heal and, and, and to do well with this? How much does that give you a boost? Because it seems like you've got a tribe that are really inspired by what you do. Isn't that nice? I, it's, so, it's so gratifying when you can actually make a difference to other people, especially when, in my case, I'm just doing it by doing what I do. Uh, the only way that I could get through some of this stuff is to do things the way I do with the attitude that I have. And, um, so I, I, I like to think that it, it's making a difference to other people and they absolutely help me. Um, it's always great to have a receptive audience and that's how I see um, a lot of the folks that are out there that I get emails from and messages from and tweets, um, Twitter followers. And um, it's hugely, hugely gratifying to be able to make a difference and to be able to see social media definitely helps that you, just helps you to see if you're making a difference or not. Hmm. Um, social media, I was just reading one of your comments earlier. Someone was saying, you know, thanks so much, Wendy. I was down, but now I'm feeling up again, you know, based on you sharing your own experiences. Um, what do you do when you get down? Who inspires you? Who picks you up off the floor? Who really helps and supports you? You know what? I, I have a, a wonderful boyfriend who we've been together for uh, seven years, and he's very pragmatic. He's not one to to dwell. He has got no time for dwelling and feeling sorry for yourself or anything like that. And I take a lot from that. I'm not one who has to be petted and um, consoled and comforted. I want you to kick me in the butt and say, you know what? You're going to regret it if you don't go and do it. Yeah. Um, Cause that's kind of how I go at it too. And you know, occasionally you, you forget that. And it's like, holy cow, what other possible side effect could I get? Um, and he'll be, you know, he'll laugh and say, yeah, life would be so much better if you only had like two things wrong with you. <laughs> um, I like that. Things that make me laugh. I like people who make me laugh. It makes me laugh. It gives me strength. So that helps a lot. And I have a lot of friends that are the same way. 
That's really nice. Hey, Wendy, um, for, for me and for Marcus, you know, we love food and, uh, and we love to engage our friends and family in a ceremony around food. So the ceremony is to, you know, cook and prepare and to sit down and share a meal. And, and for us in talking to people and we've been ex- exploring, um, going to, we're actually going to Icaria in June, um, to the blue, the blue zone Icaria in Greece, because we want to understand how a community can lift people up and how a community can protect individuals. Do you find that uh, food or um, surrounding yourself with your friends um, is, is a particularly great way to maintain your well-being? And, and, and to my, obviously you just said that, yes, it's great to have your boyfriend, but do you celebrate with your friends around food? Do you, is food big for you? Food, I love food. And <laughs> I, love, I love cooking food. I love it, the whole communal creating a meal together. Um, I love all of it. I think it's very healing. I think it's a, a very powerful and positive force to have with you. Um, so we just, last night, two, two nights ago, no, it was last night, are, uh, send, are sending a friend back to you. He's from Melbourne. He was here for the ski season. He's coming back to Melbourne. He should be landing pretty soon. No, I'll go say goodbye. Yes, the way that we said goodbye to him, and it's kind of sad because he's leaving um, but we we loved having him here for, here for several months. Um, was we made pizzas. We made pizzas on the grill, and everybody made their own, and we cut them all up, and everybody shared everybody's pizza. And um, yeah, I, I so I, I do like that. It's centered around food. It's centered around people. I find it very healing. Yeah. Uh, the whole collective communal experience of it. So yes, is the short answer. Um, question without notice on this communal side of things. <laughs> Have you been to Loma Linda in California? I haven't heard of it. No. Is it, is it, uh, this Loma Linda, California, again, one of Dan Butner's blue zones, is it something that is, um, does it have much, uh, do people, a lot of people in America know of Loma Linda, California as a place of longevity where there's a higher incidence of people living longer, more quality uh, driven lives? I don't think so. Well, at least I haven't heard of it. Maybe, yeah, maybe so everybody else in the country's heard of it, but me, always possible. No, well, it's interesting that a number of the blue zones aren't um, big yeah. epicenters. You like know, they're, they're, they're small <laughs> communities. Doesn't that make sense? That yeah. makes sense. Big, giant cities kind of suck the life out of you. Yeah. Because I have to go – I live in a town at the top of a mountain with 7,000 people that live here um, year-round. And I go to Georgetown, which has it's in the middle of Washington, and there are eight lanes of traffic. And any time of the day, you're got driving twenty miles an hour. Wow! I can see why that would just suck years off of your life yeah. to do it all the time. So that that kind of makes sense to me that it would be small places out of the way. Doesn't yeah. that make sense? Absolutely, because all yeah. of the all of the blue zones are small places out of the way. Ikaria has a population of seven thousand people, and okay. it's absolutely and it's divided into. Um, I forget how many villages, but in each village, there's only about 140, 150 people per village. And so everyone knows everyone. And strangers, <laughs> it's not even like they don't even have a concept of what a stranger is. Everyone's friends. Uh, kids can roam the streets and they know that everyone in the village know whose kids they are, so there's no concerns. Uh, but like you say, you know, the big cities. I mean, even we're in Melbourne at the moment, just out, we're in Bayside. Um, but even in, in, in this area, you have a very village-like atmosphere. So you can even, I think that's probably a big thing. People go, oh, but I live in a big city. You, if you can create a village-like atmosphere. So a lot of times these days we talk about we've lost the art of uh, a neighborhood. 
mm-hmm. you know, so we don't have street parties anymore and we don't know our neighbours and everyone's a stranger and all the rest of it. But I think, you know, based on what we're talking about here, that's more important than ever to connect with people and have pizza nights and everyone share their food and not worry about, you know, oh, I don't eat this, I don't eat that and just actually connect. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really important and it seems like it's coming back. Um, I like to think that it's coming back. As everything gets bigger, people kind of get into a smaller place. Absolutely. I hope it's coming back. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we really look forward to uh, connecting with you more, Wendy. All the very best on uh, really what you're going through at the moment with yeah. your, with your, your treatments, your mm. clinical Thanks. trials, but just absolutely the, the gifts you're giving to the world. As I say, the tribe that you're inspiring. Thanks for helping bring Growing Boulder um, to the world, to us down here in Little Australia seeing what uh, is happening over there. And um, yeah, thank you again so much for joining us on 100 Not Out. Surely, and I'll see you in a month. Absolutely. And I'm just going to give, I just want to make sure that people know where to find you because I found you at wendy.growingbolder.com. Is that where people can find you? You can find me there or wendychioji.com, either one. Wendychioji.com. And uh, if you're on the Twitterverse, go to at at W-G-O-G-C-H-I-O-J-I. Dan, yep. thanks again for your wisdom as always oh, on 100 Not Out. What an amazing interview. Loved it. It's always great to interview inspiring human beings. Yeah. Gives us... And inspired. Into, yeah. Absolutely. Inspired, yeah. Gives us a real boost. Mm. Really hope you've enjoyed this edition of 100 Not Out. You can check us out at thewellnesscouch.com and see all the, uh, the entire range of podcasts available at The Wellness Couch. Look us up on iTunes. We would love a five-star rating. That allows the 100 Not Out message to get spread around the world. Uh, share it with your friends. Leave a review. Check Damo out at damienchristoff.com or myself out at marcuspierce.com.au. And until next time, as always, may the rest of your life continue to be the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.